the Lady Eighty Show podcast. We talk about books, everything about books, and have great interview with authors. Here's one now. Well, it's great to start the podcast with not just one author, but two. And that's because these have written a book together, co-authored, if you will. But more than that, when you have the chance to meet an author and then talk with someone who you have admired for a very long time, it makes things very special. So my guests today are John David Mann and Anna Gabrielle Mann. So welcome. Um, I will just give a little bit more about you because I know people will know particularly John some of your work because John is a co-author of more than 30 books including four New York bestsellers and five national bestsellers and one which might be more familiar to people that I talk to is The Go-Giver which was co-authored with Bob Berg which won the Evergreen Medal for its contribution to positive go global change. Now the thing about this book, Go-Giver, which we will talk about, is that it's one of those books that every time I go networking, when we say what book makes the most impact to what business you are in, the Go-Giver comes up again and again and again. So that is brilliant. And Anna, we have just met recently because part of the Go-Giver series is the Go-Giver Marriage. And you have a degree in clinical psychology, but have also served as an educator, therapist, corporate trainer, speaker and coach. And it's about the Go Give It training program, which has moved on as part of the book that we are talking about today. So welcome. Sorry, that was such a long introduction, but you've just got so much about you. It's just so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be here. Thank you. So tell me about the Go-Giver marriage. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You first, sweetheart? <laughs> Who's first? <laughs> you first, because it, it relates to the go-giver. Sure. Okay. Well, you know, uh, Lydia, you mentioned the go-giver, of course, and that's that's kind of where it starts in 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 one sense. The the go-giver came out in 2008. You know, it's a quite quite a few years back, and it came off my desktop printer in its very first rough draft form three years before that, in 2005. And Anna was the very first human on the planet to to read it. Uh, she's the first person to read anything I write. She's my first reader and my best reader, um, both because she loves everything I do, which is nice for me. But also right she's got a, it's, it's a, it's a terrific thing. Yeah. But also she's got a really critical eye and she can help me really discern what's working, what doesn't work, what could be better and, and so on. So I, I really rely on her 
Anyhow, she picked up this manuscript and she read it and she said, by the way, this is, I hadn't published anything yet. I, I wasn't a published author. This is way back at the beginning of my career as an author. Wow. And she picked up the manuscript and said, this is great. This is going to be huge. This would make a great book about marriage. Um, she said, this describes how we are. And so in, in a way, the go-giver marriage starts with the go-giver back in 2005. In another way, it starts with our marriage. Because for years, people had asked us, you know, what's your guys' secret sauce? What, what, what keeps you guys... Uh, what keeps your marriage and your love so eternally young? How come you guys act like silly newlyweds when really you're not newlyweds anymore? Uh, so we kind of wanted to try to bottle that, our, our experience with that. Um, uh, we came to love late in life. We came to lasting love late in life. A lot of alliteration. Um, and, and we really, really treasure the relationship that we have. And so we kind of wanted to share that too. And they, they work well together. Right. And then I'll stop and leave, leave it to, to Anna because she's the one that actually has the credential and the experience in this particular <laughs> field. So she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> because the thing with the go-giver that was, um, which is quite unique to the book, not many books use that, is that you have an, a story within, you have the analogy or the parable even. How do you describe that? Uh, you know, one of the great joys of my life is the, I was going to say dozens, but really it's hundreds probably at this point, hundreds of people who've said to me, I don't really read books. Like I haven't finished a book since college, but I read The Go-Giver in a weekend. I love that because there are millions of people who don't read books and they certainly don't read weighty how-to manual kind of books. Um, and so I'm a big believer that people learn through stories. This has been true throughout human history. People learn through stories, even, you know, the great speakers who talk, who speak nonfiction, who speak, you know, on, about sub topics or subjects or whatever. How do they do that? By telling stories. Now, any good speaker knows the way to an audience to reach them is tell a couple of great stories that illustrate what you're trying to say. So the go-giver is a parable. And all of the go-giver books are, are parables. And the go-giver marriage is in that same tradition. It's a, it's a parable. The first half of the book, ha, first half of the book is a parable. And, and there's a fairy tale within the parable. So it's a story within a story. Uh, and that was mostly my doing. That, that's kind of my expertise. And then the second half of the book, Anna takes the story and kind of reverse engineers it and says, here's what you just read. And here's, how it, here's what it means. Here's why it works. And here's how you can put it into practice in your life. Because that's what I was going to ask you about, Anna, is um, you know, how did that parable come about? How did you talk about the tree within mm -hmm. the, the story? Absolutely. Well, the tree within was really the genius of John. Um, and at the same time, the five secrets we talked about for years, because after spending many years as a therapist and sitting watching couples in the therapy room, literally in the middle of an argument in front of you, and you feel like you're, you know, you're dodging from person to person, like you're the referee of this marital fight, if you will. And the goal being everybody wants to be right. You know, everybody wants to be the one who's right and the other person needs to change. And it's never like that. It is not like that at all. 
in reality, marriages that make it, marriages that are long-term and that retain this loving energy have all the elements of the five secrets in them. There's a constant flow of giving your attention and attending to the person. There's a constant flow of appreciation going back and forth. There's um, a real bedrock of believing in each other. And there is also, um, you know, allowing, meaning you're willing to ride the ups and downs of a marriage, you know, the for better or for worse moments. When, you know, in 2006, I broke my leg in a compound fracture and I didn't walk for a year and a half. And John went from being the guy who was in his office in the late afternoon while I made dinner to being the guy who made breakfast, lunch, and dinner because I couldn't stand up. Mm. And I didn't stand up for a long time. So he suddenly had a new job. He had a new role. Now, he could have gone into that kicking and screaming and whining and complaining and saying, you know, you need to sit on a stool and help me. I mean, this is ridiculous. You know, he could have been really irritable about it. But the truth is life happens. Your parents are going to get sick. Something could happen to one of your children. There can be difficulty at your kid's school. There's always something that is challenging in our life. And so if we aren't prepared to allow for that, that's a whole other dynamic. You know, it, it takes a certain amount of maturity, emotional intelligence, and most of all, flexibility. Um, and then last but not least, the fifth secret is for me the cornerstone of the entire book because the fifth secret is about personal growth. It's like your own growth. And the truth about marriages that are having difficulty is that both parties need to get completely aware of what their triggers are, what sets them off, what, how they can begin to calm themselves down when they're in a state and be kind instead of critical and find ways to actually understand what triggers them and what is their history that they bring to the table in this relationship so that they can actually heal it. And that's the true definition of personal growth. You know, Jesus said, know thyself. Yeah. And if you don't know yourself, then you have nothing really full to give to another. And it's being able to, as a couple, to still grow independently, still grow for, as yourself, but yet come together yes. and be that brilliant team that you wanted to be right at the start. Exactly. If life got in the way and different things. So with the go-giver marriage, the story within the story, um, I like the fact that the couple that then get told the other story um how they look at their marriage and how they then move on to learn those secrets because they they didn't come as a marriage that was re that they hated each other they didn't come as a marriage that was breaking down they came with a marriage that had got a little bit stale yeah yeah and you know what i remember that was a that was the product of a lot of thought <laughs> a lot of thought went into went into setting that up because you know it, it might seem and it did, sort of did seem like the obvious thing to do would be to have the couple in the story be a couple that was had their marriage on the rocks you know they were headed for the divorce court and 
you know, we thought that's not really the way things most typically are. What's much more, it isn't like there are great marriages and terrible marriages. There's a lot of in between. And the truth is a lot of people, the condition that they're in is their marriage is okay. I mean, it isn't terrible, but it's not what it could be. As you say, it's gotten stale or, or they've started to take each other for granted. Time has gone by. They've gotten distracted by other issues in their lives, their careers, their kids, whatever, their health. You know, as Anna says, their parents, all kinds of things can happen. And it's come off of center stage. And so it's just kind of coasting and sliding. And you know what? There's no standing still. A marriage, as everything in life, is either growing or dying. It's, it's either moving forward or it's moving backward. There ain't no standing still here. So, you know, we aimed this book not principally at people whose marriages are on the rocks, although they'll benefit from it for sure. We really wanted to reach people whose marriages are okay, but they could be so much more. They could have, they have so much more untapped potential for incredible joy, incredible happiness together, incredible comradeship, companionship, uh, empathy, closeness that they're not currently experiencing simply because of lack of attention and lack of the kind of simple everyday things that build that kind of relationship every day. Because what point comes is you do have to be um, intentional. Yeah. Yes. Action. You have yes. to not just say, yeah, I love this person, but you have to show it, prove it yeah. daily. Yes. And, and, the, and the weeks go by when you don't do that. It, it comes through. It really, really does. But yeah. what, what I was just thinking about on, on that whole marriage side is that, you know, the build up to the courtship, which everybody you know remembers uh, but gets very rose rose tinted you know, the wedding day which is everything focused and then and then they lived uh, uh, happily ever after <laughs> yeah and it's that getting to that happily ever after yeah I you know think. what you know what it's like it's like it's like a fire when you start a fire with newspaper and kindling and small pieces of wood and then logs hardwood logs it's like the courtship is like the is, this, the paper, newspaper big flame, you know, and it takes, all it takes is a match and you're <laughs> off and running, right? <laughs> and then you have your kindling. The trick is getting the hardwood log to burn. The trick is getting that, that ardor, that love to burn for decades, not just to burn like the way paper burns. And that's what really happens. A lot of marriages, it isn't that people hate each other. It just gets cold. It's like a cold fireplace, a cold hearth. And the, and the other trick is, that there's being intentional, but there's also remembering that the marriage is not there to serve your needs. The marriage is a partnership. It's a third entity. There's you and there's me, and then there's the marriage, which is the third entity. And that third entity has to be nourished and fed regularly. And so if you're going into the marriage just with a gimme, 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 or I need you to be this way so that I can feel loved, then you're entering into codependence. And that never works in a relationship. You know, it really has to be about recognizing that you're here to serve the marriage and so is the other person. And when you do that, you, you serve each other in a way that it really brings the marriage to life and that log catches fire and burns eternally. 
and there's that deep well of love that really that really buoys the whole thing which is very much the go-giver philosophy isn't it because I know your co-author Bob Berg has a very much the go-giver community and that's all about what can you give in terms of networking or what can you give to someone else in the business setting yeah so at what point um, did you suddenly realize that that whole go-giver would apply to marriage as well to, as to networking or business? On the first reading, really, literally, <laughs> 2005, Boom. I was like, okay, this is and will be a great book on marriage. And we immediately decided to write the book right then. Yeah. But the publisher of The Go-Giver had contracted multiple books at once. So oh, no. the go-giver leader came out, then the you know, go-giver sell more came out. And then Bob really, really wanted to write the go-giver influencer. So that was the next book that came. And so we kept waiting because we didn't, you know, you can't launch a new book and then launch another new book right on the heels of it. You mm -hmm. really have to give it two to three years for that new book to kind of gain its steam and momentum and not to confuse the marketplace by entering in with another title altogether. So we kept waiting, but in the middle of the pandemic, I literally turned to John and I said, people all over the world are getting abused right now because marriages are falling apart in the closeness and the intimacy of being unable to leave their homes. And this is a really critical moment and we need to write this book. Yeah, well, two things come to my head. One is pesky publishers and the other which I can say as a publisher myself but and the other is time it is all yeah. I always say a book is born in its own timing just like a baby is it really is and this really shows that because you know as you said you know that whole pandemic period we still don't know what the full outcome of all that is Yes. And if one book can save a marriage, Go Give a Marriage is part of that. So tell me how you're going to really use that book and what you want to do in regarding Go Give a Programs, or Go Give a Marriage Programs, I should say. Well, that is the really exciting part for both of us. Um, this winter, we're launching the Go Give a Marriage Coaches Training Program to train people to be coaches in the method. And, and that's a pretty exotic coaching program by itself, but it, then it adds the elements of what the book really brings, the, the five secrets and how to apply them and how to work with people in that, you know, in that direct relationship of being intentional, as you said earlier. Um, and the other piece that we have already developed is a program called Living the Five Secrets. And that's a program that happens every month um, we deliver it on Zoom so people from all over the world come to it. And, um, and that's something that we intend for the go-giver coaches to be able to use as well. So that if they want to go out and teach a three-hour workshop um, at any given moment anywhere in the world, they can do it um, with our blessing. Uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's exciting to take the programs out and work with people on them. Uh, we're, we're very excited to have, we have lots of people that have inquired and are interested in being coaches. Right. Somebody decided to. There's, there's an excited there. person right there. 
<laughs> exactly. He's like, I want to be a coach. I can't wait to start, he just said. <laughs> Indeed. And I mean, that's the beauty of books. They are door openers for other things, yeah. uh, whether it's actually for the author itself or the material yeah. that's being, being delivered. Yes. So what was the co-authoring process like? Oh, God, it was brutal. It was so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> people ask us this all the time. It's so funny. People will say, was it really hard working together? Uh, no. I mean, I guess people think of it like hanging wallpaper, which is said to be the true test of a, of a marriage, right? It was wonderful. It was it was so great. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll speak up first in this because, I've, as you say, I've, I've done co-authoring with many people over the years. Almost all my books have been co-authorships. So I'm really familiar with the partnership in writing. Most of the time, the way my, my writing partnerships work, and this is not true for everybody, for every author, but for me, the way they typically work is I do the writing. Uh, I mean, I, I do the 99% you know, of the writing. And, and what I'll do is I'll sit down with somebody and, and get to know their experience, their philosophy, what they teach, what they think, and so forth, absorb that, mix it with myself, and then write a book. Uh, so that was how The Go-Giver happened, for example. I, you know, I knew Bob really well at that point, and we knew that we had a lot of philosophy in, in sync. And so The Go-Giver is a result of a lot of Bob's teachings and blog posts and some of his stuff from Endless Referrals, and a lot of stuff from my old leadership newsletters and, and my blog posts. and my It's just a combination of the two of us. But I do the writing. Now, that didn't happen in this case. In this case, <laughs> we, 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 I, I kind of wrote the parable. Zana says we talked for years about these five principles. We called them five secrets, which somewhat echo the five laws of stratospheric success from the go-giver, but they're really unto themselves or about relationships. So that, back, that foundation was there. I wrote the parable. And then I thought Anna was going to write a, a short afterward, like four or five pages or something. <laughs> and, it, and it grew and it grew and it grew. And I, at one point I realized, oh, my gosh, this is like a whole nother half of the book. And so it is. The book is really in two halves. There's, there's the half I wrote, the half she wrote. And, and lo and behold, the book itself turned out to be kind of a living demonstration on the page of a marriage. It's two different ways of looking at something joined together and each one makes the other greater and it is a very comprehensive piece of writing so you wouldn't be able to read it and think oh that's written by that person that's written by a separate person you can't tell that at all yeah yeah well, really we both, you know I'm blessed to have an incredible editor as a husband um, and so he can make anything I write better and the second piece <laughs> is that he really respects the psychology underneath it all. You know, yeah. when I talk to him about that couples counseling really isn't therapy, it's teaching. You're teaching couples how to navigate their own material. You're teaching them how to get self-aware. You're giving them the tools to understand what triggers them, what upsets them, why they're so needy or not needy, why one is aloof and the other is cloying for attention. You know, you start to see the dynamic and when you can help them understand it, that's a real gift. So um, I really felt that if the book didn't have that more psychological piece that sort of explains how it works, why it works, and why it's significant, 
um, that people wouldn't be able to put it into action in the, quite the same way. And I also wanted real client stories. I mean, I have a lot of clients over the years who have said to me, yeah, it's okay, use this material. If this can educate another couple, then use it. And there were many stories that were directly from clients that I worked with who graciously allowed me to tell them. Change the names, of course. Yeah, of course, different names. Um, but that really makes it real because everybody knows what it's like to have a partner who's controlling. Not everybody, but I mean, you know, that's a common theme in a marriage where one, one partner is a little more controlling than the other or a partner that's really in a crisis, you know, their self-esteem is down the toilet, they just got fired, you know, um, those kinds of things. And those are the moments when believing in somebody, stepping in there and being that support, being the person who they can lean on and depend on, who still loves them, who doesn't see them as broken, um, you know, those are really critical skills that, that I think young couples who are just off the kiss of romance don't necessarily understand. They don't have the maturity, the wisdom, or the education. And so part of what I wanted the book to do was clearly educate people about what are these dynamics that can get in your way? What are these things that can just pop up out of nowhere and put you both in a place of like, what? You know, um, so that was very important to me. And John was so honoring of it. I would write these long tomes about what it all meant. And I'd send it over to him in the afternoon and he'd be like, wow, I never <laughs> thought about it this way. And I was like, yeah, because it's deep. It's like when people are hurting inside, they don't understand why their marriage is on fire, you know? So it was. And they really... don't understand why they get into the, why they're triggered, she said, into the same arguments yeah. and that circular pattern, which yes. they can't seem to get out of yes, um, exactly. without the tools. Yes. And yet, your book isn't a how to book. It is this is situation, this is the stories, here's some secrets. Um, and then, you know, those secrets are explained, but in a very, conversational almost but in a in mm -hmm. a very palatable way so let, let me let me just let me just let me just pop in there that i just just for people to understand how this works the first half of the book is the story in which the five secrets take shape in in story form in these people's lives over the course of a single day the story of a man named tom and a woman named tess over the course of one day in the second half, what we do is we break it into a section for each one of the five secrets. And each of those sections is broken down into how it works and why it works. Sort of the psychology behind it, which is on his area. And then what it looks like, you know, how examples of how, how it appears in your, in your life. And then finally, practically speaking, how to do it. There is that how-to aspect. Um, and so it, it has a very, it's almost like a book of recipes. <laughs> It really does show you how to cook this particular aspect of, of, of harmony. Uh, I just want to make sure people understand that there is that there is that very very step by step. Here's how this here's how this works in the and, in the second half. And the other thing that the back of the book really explains is that a lot of your wounds are from your childhood, and yeah. the things that you needed as a child you still need as an adult. So the very, you know, the praise and appreciation that you wanted from your mom or your grandmom, you know, those are all the things that you still need. So getting that from a spouse is exceptionally powerful. Yeah, it is. And I guess 
why I don't, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and obviously you're right, you're the authors, but how to book usually goes, right, step one this, step two that, yeah, step three yeah. that. Mm -hmm. This doesn't do that because it's a way of having to hear the words or uh, read the words and internalize them and then bring them back out to your own unique relationship, isn't it? Yes. It yes. really is. Yeah. yeah. It really is. And in every coaching session that I do, there's always, you know, what is the, what is the place? We look at the five secrets in a circle and it's like, well, which ones are you really good at and which ones are you failing at? So that you can really start to work in the areas where you need to wake up. Right. Excellent. Now you have actually got some freebies call them that and um, that you're willing to give people who join your email list do you want to say what they are and how people can receive those sure um there's a well the first thing is if, if you the the website is gogivermarriage.com gogivermarriage.com and that's you know the book is there and um a lot of information about the book and you can contact us both to that site and all the information about our programs is on that site but as you said if you um, if you join our, our list and um, and we don't spam it, we don't blast it constantly. We're very, very respectful of that list. But if you join that list, um, then you get first off some videos that Anna and I did together last Christmas. Uh, one video is is um, uh, called the mindset of lasting love. And the other one is about resolving conflict. So some of our thoughts on those things together. And then we also offer a companion pass to our, Anna mentioned our, our two and a half hour workshop, Living the Five Secrets. And if you uh, join our website, uh, then if you, if you go to that webinar, then you can bring a companion for free. It could be spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, a friend, an acquaintance, or somebody you just drag in from off the street. That's your sister. <laughs> your sister, that's your, yeah. So that's, you know, that's there as well. Excellent, okay. and. Um... So what do you two do when you have an argument? Ah, <laughs> that's when we get boxing glove. No, when we have an argument, sweetheart, what do we do when we have an argument? We don't I wish I could arguments. remember the last time we had one. That's really the issue. You know, what really um, happens is one of us gets upset about something. And then, then the question really is, how do we together deal with that? Wouldn't you say, sweetheart? It's like yeah, I, what, I, what, what typically happens to us is when we're both really tired, and or there's stress, like John's on a deadline or things are, you know, and the dog, about the dog is acting up, you know, or there's just like, you know, irritations. There'll be um, those moments where we're, where you can feel the tension of like, okay, I did the dishes, you know, the dog still needs to go out, you know, yeah. or, you know, it's that feeling of like, who's juggling, who's carrying. And I don't think that we're really scorekeepers per se. You know, we talk in the book about the scorekeeper and how the scorekeeper is really a damaging place to go. We're not really scorekeepers, but I can see the stress of the scorekeeper yeah. rise up in those moments. Um, and it's, it's truly very funny because both of us recognize we're both very allowing of the other person's angst and, and overwhelm. So when one of us is sort of on that edge, the other one will typically tiptoe around a little bit and actually be super kind and, and wait and, and wait. wait. And then later on, we'll often say, 
yeah, I noticed that you were really irritable. And the other, and the other one will say, yeah, I just am like, I'm so frantic about this deadline or I'm so, you know, this or that. And it'll be like, don't worry, I've got your back. And the other one will usually say, I know, I saw that you had my back. <laughs> because that's I, what we do. We will step in yeah. and, and kind of cover for the other person. Because rather than reacting to the yeah. irritability, which would be easy to do, um, yeah. because either one of us, when we're irritable, can be ki kind of really cranky. Um, so, you know, we'll and just like walk around it and recognize it for what it is and try to serve instead. And I want to add that that's speaking for myself, that that's I didn't come out of the womb that way. <laughs> and I didn't come out of my childhood that way. This is something that's developed for me. And it's really, really just just so delightful for me. It's uh, it's wonderful to to be in that place that I was describing. I've been in this is not my first marriage, by the way. And I have been in relationships where I've been walked all over where where there has been this combative atmosphere. Um, I have done my share of walking on as well. Uh, people have different styles. I, my style is not to fight. My style, when there's tension that isn't resolved in a, in a productive way, is to retreat and withdraw. And often in relationships, withdrawal is just as aggressive as combating, uh, combat, you know? Um, and so that we've come to this place and developed this way of being together is really wonderful for me. It's, it's as I say, not my first relationship. And so it's it's a it's a great place to be. And I guess what I want, the reason I'm saying that is I want to just put a, a sort of PS on that, which is it's never too late to develop this kind of relationship we're talking about. It, it's never over the hill. It's never set in stone. Um, you know, we've seen relationships that have been in existence for decades and decades start to really shift the tone. It's remarkable if you start to put these practices in the book into place and their simple daily habits. You just start to put them in place consciously, one day, two day, three day, four day, within a week, sometimes less, you start to see the tone of the marriage and tangibly nice. shift, yep. even if only one person's doing it. Yeah. And, and I want to bring a secret to the table on this because one of the things that happens for us, we both really love the secret attend, because when you attend to the other person, you're truly giving them something. And, um, and something that they want or need or that they that is going to just sort of make their life easier. You know, it could be on the mental, physical um, sphere, spiritual yes. sphere. sphere. Yep, exactly. I mean, you could be praying for them. But in, in this case, um, recently, John actually was having a really hard day, a really hard day. He was in a very, you know, he's on fierce deadlines for his novels and they're very complex. So the storyline is not something you just, you know, casually type out. It's a very complex story. Hey. Exactly. Exactly. I'm holding up two books. Yeah. Great and so, and so he was having a bad day. Now here's something you, that I'll share with you. We are not really drinkers. We're not people who drink. I mean, we might drink once every two months or three months. We might have a cocktail somewhere because we're with friends or something, but we're not really drinkers. So um, the other day, he was having a very bad day. And so I brought a small bowl of nuts and a gin tonic to his <laughs> office. And I put it down. And I could see that he was just like frazzled. 
And I put it down on the table and he goes, what's this? I said, it's a gin tonic. He goes, you're reading my mind. <laughs> I knew he was like desperate in the place where I was like, please just give me a drink, put me out of my misery. Um, and so, and but I also knew it would just sort of wake up his creativity for a few minutes. And it would also give him a little break to just sit and sip and just get a handle on this anxiety I could see was brewing for him. And it was just the right thing in that moment. He wasn't taking it out on me, but he was a little crazy. He I'll was tell you what, too. It wasn't, it wasn't the drink. It, the fact that she thought of doing that and that she just totally shifted my day. It was just such a such a lovely thing. Totally unnecessary. I mean, it wasn't like expected or anything, but just like so sweet. And it's funny because we're very, um, you know, my my whole entire family, my entire history is all British. So I grew up with, you know, I grew up literally drinking tea at two years old um, <laughs> with milk and sugar. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're, when it comes to drinking, we're very British when it comes to a really good gin tonic. We both, that's our favorite drink. So it was pretty funny, you know, and I knew it was what he needed. So, you know, it was like, it, it is, it still comes back down to serving the relationship. What does the relationship and or the other person need in this moment? If you really understand the concepts of the go-giver, then you really are all about adding value to the other person and to their and life. It's, it, as you say, it's that personal growth. I think there's the marriage growth as well. Yeah. And I, I know when Dennis and I have... Um, taken on different skills and things and um you know, looked at it from a deeper perspective and put the time into that um you know when when we were first married all the first few years when we had an argument it was like we had a crystal ball um and it would drop on the floor and just smash into millions of pieces yes now yeah. when we still have little to do then we have a rubber ball instead of the ball and it yeah. still drops on the floor but it bounces back and we're able to catch it and then move on that's lovely yeah. i love it and that's great. this is the sort of thing that your book really enables to happen so yes life gets in the way yes there are times when people struggle but they can yeah. carry on forward yeah. yes yeah and that's the key Beautiful. kindness and compassion is the centerpiece of the book from my perspective. It's like every single secret engages kindness and compassion, understanding that the other person's life has its own challenges and yours does as well. And it's perfectly okay to put your hands up and say, I've had a really horrendous day. Would you mind taking the children for half an hour while I have a bath? And I wanna add- So I can relax for a minute. And I want to add, by the way, that that's not that's not, in my view, not a, not a sacrifice. It's not like I'm going to give up my time to give you your time. It's it's give 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 with the understanding of Pindar's principle, which is the more you give, the more you have. Mm -hmm. This isn't a zero sum game where if you gain, I lose, and if I gain, you lose. It doesn't work that way in a real marriage. If you're conscious, what happens is. As Anna said, this marriage is this third entity. It's like there's me and there's you. And then the conjunction of us is this third thing, which we represent, as you said, as a tree in the, uh, in the book. And when, I, when Anna brings me, does this gesture for me, or when I do some gesture for her, or I take care of her in some unexpected way that she really appreciates that, or she does that for me, 
our marriage grows. We both benefit. It's like we both get the 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 you know the bennies of that of that gesture. It's it's not a sacrifice. Quite the opposite. Well, it's been really wonderful doing this, and I could talk a lot longer with both of you, and and also with you, John, about your other books. But that will have to wait for another time, I think. But for those who are listening, are who are promising authors or want to authors, what sort of tip would you give them for the act of either co-authoring or writing? Well, the first tip I would give them is to go to John's website and <laughs> download his book called How to Write Good or Even Gooder. Or is that the... Or at least, the, or at least, or at least, or at least gooder. Yeah. Um, because it's a gem of a book about writing and it's a download. So I would recommend people check that out. Free download is what you're saying here. Yeah. 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 Excellent. And I would add to that, yeah, how to write good or at least gooder. Um, I poured a lot of myself into that. That's like my love letter to all my writing friends. Um, a couple of things I'd say about, about somebody who wants to write, uh, do that first before co-author. Just to write is first, get clear on what you admire. You know, read books that you love. Read great books. Read great, if it's blog, read great blogs. Read great, you know, whatever it is you want to write, read the great in that genre, um, in that in that sphere. Um, and don't worry about being copycat. Don't worry about emulating them. Just go ahead, just read great stuff and then pour yourself in. The second thing is it's really critical to understand that there are two sides to the process of writing. One of them is generating the, the, generating the ideas, generating the stuff on paper. And then the second half is cleaning it up. <laughs> this is really important because what kills more writers than anything else is people's tendency to self-edit while they write, to criticize what they're writing while they're in the process of writing it. That's like you'll be stillborn as a, as a baby writer. Yeah, it's what you have to do is you have to, it's important to have the understanding that even great writers and certainly every good writer writes crap. That the first draft is rarely much good. It's true for me. I've written over 30 books and I'll write down a page worth of stuff. And most of it is just kind of lousy, but the ideas are in there. I'm just getting the ideas on the page. You have to have a tolerance for your own drivel because that's what you'll get. And then at a separate time, not right now, not an hour from now, but like tomorrow or next week, then go back to it with a critical eye and start to clean it up and look at it. Uh, if you can start to have a healthy, mature relationship with those two sides of writing, then then you're on your way. Because you're actually using two different parts of the brain for that. You really are. And really that's are. why writer's block comes into play and other things, because when you try to do it simultaneously, the brain goes, don't know what you're <laughs> doing, stop. <laughs> that's right. Yes. It's like, that's right. They say, there's a saying, um, write drunk, edit sober. Ah, right. I should remember that one. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> oh, very good. So we're just going to close now. So I'd like to close on one of your favorite quotes. And I'll say one of because I know that you've got many. So Ooh. could you each give me your favorite quote, please? Shall I start? Yes. Okay. So here's my favorite quote uh, pertinent to the day. So there's a movie called Jerry Maguire. And in that movie, there's a character called Dickie Fox. 
who's this this guy? I think he might be imaginary. I'm not sure, but anyway, this is a guy who's kind of this this coach that uh, the Tom Cruise character has. And the very end of the book, he appears on the screen and he says, "I don't have all the answers. To be honest, in life, I've failed as often as I've succeeded. But I love my wife, and I love my life, and I wish you my kind of success." And, and it's just such a great moment um, because you know Jerry is struggling to to achieve his goals in, in life and what he does achieve is this great companionship with with uh, with his wife which is hard won so um yeah dicky fox's words of wisdom is one of my favorite quotes brilliant thank all you all right i'm gonna go to, i'm gonna go to the same movie um yeah the same movie because wow. there's um there's many great lines in that movie yes. many um but one of my favorites is when renee zellweger is talking to her sister about Jerry. <laughs> and she basically is, she knows the relationship is not where it needs to be. And she knows that let Jerry is not fully there and Jerry isn't fully mature in his life. So she says, I love him for the man that I know. I know he I, can. I know he wants to be. Wants to be. And I love him for the man he almost is. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, and, and her, you can see her sister's going. <laughs> oh boy, her sister's going like, oh, oh no. this does not sound, does not oh, sound good. no, no. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, so, it's such a great moment because I think that often, you know, especially for couples in their 20s and 30s that are getting together, sometimes there's discrepancies in maturity and in the understanding of life. And I think sometimes that you are holding the love that you know. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For the person that you know is going to evolve, the person that you know is in there um, in terms of their values and who they are. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, if we're looking at it from a Christian faith perspective, that is how God views each one of us. Yes, exactly. Not exactly. Yeah, the person not, we with all, all our imperfections. Are. Yes, That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I love that because she clearly loves him. She sees his imperfections and she loves him. And I think that that's a really powerful part of being married is that we all have imperfections. I mean, we're all insecure in certain ways. And, you know, it's your partner who sees all of that. Wait, I have imperfections? <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> uh -oh. Brilliant. Thank you so much. It's been lovely. And um, yes, I thoroughly recommend the Go Giver Marriage and also the following programs coming from that. Thank you, John. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much. Thank you, lady. Thank you for listening to the Lady AD Show podcast. Come back, subscribe, and we'll do this all over again. Bye-bye. Hey, hey,